Welcome to the Squared Circle Psycho Babble, the subjectively objective podcast for fans of the sports entertainment known as pro wrestling. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Got a lot of things to talk about here, including what's going on with Sasha Banks and WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. What's going on with Mandy Rose, Vince McMahon. But first, let's start it off with AEW, Ralph. And everybody's talking about it from AEW Dynamites. Winter is coming, and that is this unknown guy by the name of Action Andretti who comes in and upsets Chris Jericho in a match that Chris Jericho was saying was going to be a tune-up against the jobber to lead to his track to go back to Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor Championship. Obviously, those plans were foiled and a lot of people, you know, making the parallels to back to almost 30 years ago with one Sean Waltman, aka 123Kid, who pulled the upset on Razor Ramon on that episode of Monday Night Raw. What are your thoughts on this? I thought it was very well done and very well executed. Well, not only was it well done and well executed, I mean, the fact that this guy was able to go out there and handle himself under what I, I guess most can, would consider a big spot, the bright lights, that was impressive to me because it wasn't just like he got the big win. He went out there and he performed. He put on a really mm -hmm. good match. And, you know, going yes. out there live on Dynamite, your first match, at least biggest, high, most high-profile match against a guy like Chris Jericho and being able to hold your own, that's impressive in itself. I think the other important thing to point out here is the crowd, because yes. if there is one thing that is extremely important and most evident with the AW fan base, it is that they are certainly invested in the product. And had they gone out there and had they had this match... Uh, in front of a flat crowd, a dead crowd where, you know, maybe he gets the win, but nobody goes into that expecting this guy to win. And it was a flat finish. We wouldn't be having the same conversation. It would kind of be more of like, you know, what are they doing? Why would they do that? The crowd absolutely helped establish how meaningful that moment was. Good on Jericho to recognize the talent in this kid and good on the crowd to actually react the way that they reacted. Yeah, I want to piggyback off of that crowd thing because... If this crowd is not as lively or as wild or as super behind Action Andretti, yep. I believe 100% the IWC wrestling Twitter will be going, you know, Chris Jericho is buried. He taps out to the big swing and now he loses to this jobber that no one knows. And then it's like, Absolutely. he's buried. He's buried. He's buried. But because the fans were so behind Action Andretti, it helped get him like he got over he really got over and yes at the beginning it was more the fans cheering him in spite of Chris Jericho but as the match progressed they really wanted him to win and even I was like watching this going into it like all right this isn't going to do much Jericho's going to get this win and then it goes through the picture and picture and I'm like why the hell is this going through a picture and picture it's already long enough as it is but then you see all the high spots he's getting and the crowd just building up more and more and more. And then he gets the win. And it actually kind of was an abrupt finish. It, like, it wasn't an expected finish. And then the crowd just popped for it. Like, this kid from out of nowhere wins. And it's great to have those because it is so rare to see a quote-unquote jobber winning a match like that. Yes, there's been times. Obviously, the 1-2-3 kid comes to mind. Barry Horowitz has come to mind, too, having wins. I think, what well, was it? Um Chris Candido back in 96, 97 raw. So it's happened before, but the fact that it's been so long kind of makes it feel fresh. 
I think to kind of pass him off as a jobber, at least for right now, is 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 you know kind of unfair to him because going into that match, yes, you would assume that he's a jobber. He's supposed to do the favors for Jericho. He had no, it was a tune-up match, so on and so forth. He went out there. It was a competitive match. I think what really depends on how we view this kid is what happens from here on out. Are they yes. going to build him out? Are they going to build him up? Is he going to go on and have a really good, uh, long career and, and and you know challenge for titles and be one of their top guys? Who knows? I mean, John Cena. I, I saw people kind of comparing this match to John Cena walking out, uh, staring down Kurt Angle, getting in his face, and then we know where that went from there. I actually made the comment. I said, "Well, another example. Of this could be Santino Marella because while Santino didn't go on to win world championships, he was definitely a character that was prominent." on Raw, certainly, won the IC title from Umaga live when he just literally was a fan that got picked out of the crowd that night. So, right. look, if, if, if they don't do anything with this kid, it's a travesty. Because, you know, I think you and I have certainly been critical of situations where, you know, they have a guy that we'd perceive as, you know, certainly subpar, not at the level of the guy that they're wrestling. Uh, the biggest example that comes to mind off the top of my head, I say it all the time, Alan Angels having competitive match against Omega. Did he win? No, he didn't win. But I think we've been proven right on this. It was a great match, but for the sake of what? He's not even in the company anymore. I think what he does going forward is going to be really important in terms of how we actually look back on this. Is this something mm -hmm. we talk about right now in this moment? And three weeks from now, we're not even talking about it. Or is it going to be like where, okay, five years from now, this guy's a major player. He's a top wrestler in some promotion, whether it's AEW, WWE, NXT, wherever he goes. He definitely looked good in ring. He was a, yeah. looked good in his offense. He looked good selling for Jericho. I think they had really good chemistry. Props to Chris Jericho for putting this kid over. According to Dave Meltzer, Jericho had his eye on this kid after a match with QT Marshall on either Dark or Elevation. Yep. Saw that he had star power then. So... Jericho in one night made him a star. So, you know, props to him. And that's kind of as someone on the tail end of his career, that's what you're supposed to do. Help bring the next generation of pro wrestling forward. And this is a great case like that. Now, speaking of Chris Jericho, basically AEW does not happen unless, you know, Chris Jericho goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling and faces Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. And then that was a domino that fell. And here we are years later after that. Chris Jericho at that time made about $100,000 per appearance on that contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But according to Voices of Wrestling, that is now going to be eclipsed because Sasha Banks, with her contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling, is going to make significantly more than what Chris Jericho made. And obviously, the point of this is to get notoriety in the international fan base for stardom. Now, the card for Wrestle Kingdom has already been announced. She is not on the card, but you figure she might do something where she appears on the screen or appears in person, whatever the case may be. She will be at Wrestle Kingdom. Fightful Select, Sean Ross Sapp has even confirmed that the report way back when from Raj Gary of Wrestling Inc. appears to be true because the terms that were confirmed with WWE and talked about with Sasha Banks Looks like she, in fact, was given her release and can take booking starting January 1st, according to those reports. So, Ralph, let's start with the contract. If it's true that she's making more than Chris Jericho, does Sasha Banks have has more star power now than Chris Jericho did to lead to eventually AEW? I think so, because 
you got to remember, we're looking at Chris Jericho now based on what he started doing when he went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Chris Jericho mm -hmm. was essentially the sidekick to Kevin Owens. And for his sake, luckily, that ended up working out. You know, he had yes. the list that was certainly popular. Uh, they were doing some good things. I know there was obviously the rumor that he was supposed to challenge Kevin Owens for the championship at WrestleMania. Didn't happen, didn't come to fruition, but Chris Jericho was not like Y2J, the guy who had beaten The Rock and Stone Cold in one night and winning championships. So I think most of us assumed, look, it stinks that Chris Jericho is leaving WWE, but he's obviously at the tail end of his career. Nobody foresaw him kind of reinventing himself, becoming the pain maker and becoming, you know, every other nickname and moniker that you can think of while he's been in AEW. That happened after he went to New Japan Pro Wrestling for, because right. he knew his self-worth. So what they're getting here is uh, perhaps the most notable, uh, you know, recognizable female wrestler that you can have in pro wrestling right now. You can obviously say Becky or you could say Charlotte, but she's up there. She's, she's probably one of the top three or four uh, most recognized, at least female professional wrestlers, especially considering, you know, she was doing a lot of big things prior to her leaving WWE. She worked in, obviously, WWE, uh, the, the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. Uh, so no, I can't say I'm surprised. I think this is a good move for them. Uh, and I think it's going to end up working out, especially for her, because like I said last week, this is important for her legacy. I think going forward, no one now else did it. Charlotte didn't do it. No, but let's not forget. She also has the tie-ins being a part of star Wars Mandalorian, sure. which I think gave her another, you know, level of notoriety on the mainstream level. And obviously her ties to Snoop Dogg. I don't know if that translates to Japan, but it might. I don't know the Japanese culture and their knowledge of Snoop Dogg. It could be as many wrestling fans did not know Bad Bunny. I don't know. But uh, I, I think that plus she has really done a lot behind the scenes that you might have. If you're following Sasha Banks, you know what she's been doing after she left WWE, whether it's the modeling stuff or making appearances at basketball games, whatever the case may be. She kept herself relevant throughout this whole time. Now that she's coming back to wrestling and doing this like per appearance contract that it seems to be, I feel like Bushiroad, the company that owns New Japan and Stardom, are basically getting their Brock Lesnar for Stardom because it's someone that's not going to be there all the time, but could bring in a lot of people, whether it's domestically in Japan or worldwide from America, UK, Australia, you know, the WWE universe per se. This is a huge move. I know a lot of people talk about Stardom, but it's not at the level that here in America as AEW or WWE. Let's just admit that. But perhaps it gets to there with Sasha Banks there. But obviously with the fact that she's going to New Japan Pro Wrestling, she could take booking starting January 1st. The question is, does she eventually go to AEW? And if she does, at what level? We have that show in Los Angeles where Soraya has a mystery partner against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And obviously, everybody thinks Sasha Banks is going to take that spot. And it very well, very well may be. But Soraya actually had a comment about this in an interview with Forbes. She said, I feel like anytime there's a mystery, everyone else goes straight for Mercedes. Mercedes being Sasha Banks. They're like, straight away, it's her. There's plenty of women out there. I'm not going to say yes or no to anybody, but there's a lot of exciting prospects for a potential tag partner. So, Ralph, she's not confirming it's Sasha Banks, Mercedes Vernardo, whatever you want to call her. But 
where do you say on a scale of one to a hundred percentage wise, do you think it's Sasha Banks that is Soraya's partner at that LA show? I'm going to say this and it's probably going to bother people, but you know what? I, I don't really care for starters. And uh, <laughs> I know it would make for a cool moment. The initial match or debut, all that type of stuff. But time and time again, especially in the women's division, I think we've seen like sometimes wrestlers tend to go there with a big debut and it doesn't always pan out. And she has a lot of star power, but I don't think it's in her best interest to go and help establish a women's division that continues to have star power thrown at it. And frankly, Tony Khan doesn't manage it well. I don't think it's in the best interest of her career to go to AEW. To counteract that, the people that we said, you know, had the big debut and they kind of floundered or whatever, or they regula- regulated the dark or whatever. You got Athena, who's now the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. So maybe now that Ring of Honor is going to be, you know, doing their own thing on Honor Club. She won't be on AEW television, but be focused more on Ring of Honor. Ruby Soho, in and out of injuries. And no, 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 I'm not going to let you get away with that one. Ruby Soho was one of the people that I'm referring to. She had her big debut. And if I go and look up her record right now, she had her big debut. She had her big match where she challenged for the title. And she had about five or six straight matches on dark. Yeah, that well, is not I, how I'm not you, saying I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying like maybe she would have had more of a push if she wasn't injured as frequently as she has been. She's been out in and out of injury, but. I think it's an unfair criticism to put them in the same conversation as Sasha Banks. If Sasha Banks is coming to AEW and she signed full time, she is not getting regulated to dark and she's going to be working no, with Britt Baker not. and she's going to be working with Soraya. She's going to be working with Jamie Hayter. The ones and that you what? see each and every week. What do you mean? And then what? And then literally. And then what? Beyond, you know, her, the DMD, beyond Jade, beyond the, the names you just talked about. Who? I mean, we, we talk about these women in this, this women's division. I mean, it's probably the weakest part of AEW. It's yes. not any secret. We've talked about that. Yes. Everybody has talked about this. Tony has bona fide stars there. But Wardlow got over, okay? And he fumbled that. I think most people would assume, or at least be objective enough to say Wardlow was fumbled at least a little bit in my mind a lot of it FTR I don't think they're used correctly if he gets somebody like a Sasha Banks who would be one of the top stars in his promotion why should I trust him in thinking that he'll manage that correctly there's a difference between the homegrown talent that he's fumbled and those that came from WWE that he hasn't fumbled has he fumbled Moxley no I don't think no no he that's basically the same thing I think that would be the same thing. You're basically taking, at the point, one of the top stars in WWE's women's division, bringing them in, and they're going to be the face of the division. And you can have either a a tag team or a partnership with Soraya or a feud with Soraya that keeps going over and over and over again that, you know, they separate but are always tied together. You know, same thing if it's Britt Baker or Jamie Hayter. You could even have her do feuds with Hikaru Shida because of, you know, her passion for Joshi wrestling. There's there's definitely women there. Part of the problem is they don't give You're them right. the TV time. They don't give them the TV time. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Because even right. when you I look know at, that. I know. Look at Soraya. Look at look at Soraya. OK, she came on. She had her debut. She had her big match coming out of that. Does she feel any more important to you right now as a fan? Are you clamoring to watch AEW? Dynamite to see her, or are you watching Dynamite for other reasons, an MJF or somebody else? 
She won that big match. I know she's on the show. Has she been in the building? Has she done anything in the building in a ring since that point? She doesn't have to wrestle. But it's like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, continuously in AEW. So you don't count backstage segments? No, I do. But look, if you're winning that match against Britt Baker, and then the very next Dynamite, she probably had a backstage interview where Britt Baker confronted her. And that's a pure guess because... I don't remember anything specific. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't see how going to AEW satisfies anything other than let me prove I can do it elsewhere. And if she's going to do that, she might as well just go to New Japan, let things smooth over, go back to WWE, in my opinion, because I think WWE has the better women's division to begin with anyway. I think once the Ring of Honor thing kind of breaks away, you kind of could give a little bit more direction as to what's going on just on AEW and put a little bit more focus on the women's division. It seems like they are at least making an effort to at least build more than just Britt Baker and Jade Cargill. You know, we see Jamie Hayter with the title. We see, I guess, uh, Tony Storm has the, the one interview following losing the title on Rampage. Take her off TV to kind of reinvent a new character, whatever, when she comes back. Hikaru Shida coming back to the fold the bunny and Penelope Ford coming back into the fold. So let's see how it develops. And let's see if even Sasha Banks even becomes a full-time member of AEW. And it's not just a one-off for this. I'm going at 50, 50, obviously it could be Sasha and all roads point to that, but you also have Naomi. That's just kind of out of nowhere. You know, she's not really as in the focus of everything like Sasha is, but they walked out together. She just recently went to an Atlanta Hawks game with Jade Cargill. So that's obviously there. Could there be someone in Japan that is coming over? Could it be, you know, like a Maki Ito? There's also impact wrestlers that it could be going. For all we know, it could be Mickey James. All right, let's segue to WWE. There's a lot to talk about going on in WWE. I guess you could see it possibly happening, but still no way. There's a lot that has to happen for this to actually happen. And that is Vince McMahon is planning a comeback to WWE. According to the Wall Street Journal, there's two more allegations against him. But besides that, there are people within WWE that have told the reporters of uh, Wall Street Journal that Vince McMahon got bad advice from people he's close to and wants to make a comeback in WWE. Ralph, people have called us in the con- in the babble section WWE defenders. We are biased towards WWE. Everything we do or everything we say defends WWE. So it's going to come to a surprise to those people. I think we could agree. This can't happen. Not by logistically. We're saying like Vince, stay home, retire. It's over. Go golfing. Stay with your girlfriend or watch wrestling from afar. Do your own little play promotion on a video game or something just stay away from wwe now no i i I wholeheartedly agree look there was a point in time when vince mcmahon was at the top of the wrestling the entertainment world when we were kids he made wrestling far beyond anything we could have ever imagined it made for some great years going to shows going to wrestlemanias seeing the likes of the rock and the austins he made all that possible Uh, those days are far past him. Now, what I will say is he's a businessman, a savvy businessman, and I don't think he gets enough credit for having a business mind, ensuring that his company turns absolutely massive profits for X amount of years going forward. 
True. Because, you know, especially in today's climate, you see time and time again in entertainment, uh, especially, you don't have companies that are around that long or successful for that long. And he insured through different TV contracts or you know, even that people are critical of the deal with Saudi Arabia that helps put food on the table for the people that work there. So I, I will at least applaud him for that. But what I will say is the industry has passed him. I have zero interest in seeing a, he's probably like 80. So however old no, he he's is. in his late seventies. Okay. The late, the Vince McMahon, however old he may be that we currently have with us. I have zero interest in watching any type of raw SmackDown, anything that he has anything to do with. And again, I'm not saying I support all the NDA stuff or whatever happened behind the scenes. That's strictly from a fan standpoint. Like I saw what you had that what you were putting out there and it was not good. And it, it made the product bad for a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no interest zero right. in seeing any show that is ever produced or run by Vince McMahon ever again. People have shown flaws or look, you know, criticize Triple H for his sure. booking. And there definitely have been some flounders since Triple H has taken over. He has not been perfect. Definitely have to admit that. I think most people would admit there's at least improvement from Raw and SmackDown since he's come, since he's taken over. From a back, backstage standpoint, you hear about all the boost in morale. You hear, you know, from a stock market standpoint, while it seems like everyone else is falling, WWE is going higher and higher and higher, you know, to nearly $80 a share. Then you have, you know, reports from Fightful saying that higher ups are like, we want nothing to do with Vince coming back. I've even seen some reports where maybe even sponsors are saying, no, we don't want Vince back. Could it be a PR thing based on all the allegations? Is it just this dude is 77 years old? Whatever the case may be, like, just stay home, Vince. I want to know who gave him the advice to retire. Was it Stephanie and Triple H? Was it Nick Khan that were just like, please leave. We want to take over. Please leave. Please leave. It's about to be 2023. I mean, is he not aware of the the climate of the world we live in politically from like a, and I'm not even trying to make it political, but there's no way given everything that came out, if he decided to stick around, I, I, I can't, I look, the rumor right now, and I know where to talk about this is Mattel may have actually gone to the WWE and kind of forced their hand a little bit with that whole Mandy Rose situation. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to let Vince McMahon sit as the, the chairman of a company when he's got seven or eight or nine NDAs floating around because he was doing whatever with whoever behind I, as a married man. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not going to happen, man. Right. And, and considering the, the most recent allegation coming from this spa manager back in 2011, where it's gotten so bad that the husband of the spa manager went to a WWE show with a baseball bat to try to confront the man. I mean, if I'm a PR guy, I'm, I don't want anything near this shit. Honestly, don't want anything yeah. near this shit. Apparently and the, the Titan Towers isn't the only thing that he erected back in the day. Oh, my. Well, oh, man. Oh, man. Going with the the PG-13 rated jokes here, Ralph. Nonetheless, nonetheless, for those that think, and I've seen this too, there's a lot of banter on on Twitter about how likely this could actually happen where Vince can actually get his spot back. It's not as easy as people think it is because they're thinking, oh, he has 80% ownership. The stocks that he owns are voting stocks. So the only way he can use that said power 
is if there's an actual vote. He can't bring anything to a vote because he's no longer part of the board of directors. So if the board of directors bring it to a vote, then he could just say, yes, I'm back. But even if the board, like, it seems like the board of directors, which mind you, Stephanie McMahon is the chairwoman of said board. Do you think she's going to go, hey, I think I want to bring this to a vote to kick myself out and bring my dad back in? I doubt that. Anything's possible. And in the world of professional wrestling, never say never. But the likelihood of this is very, very, very slim. But you brought up Mandy Rose. Obviously, we're going to talk about this. Mandy Rose was released from WWE due to her explicit content that she was posting on Fan Time, which for those that are unfamiliar with Fan Time, it's basically like an OnlyFans where you just subscribe and she posts content. And obviously she was posting herself in bikinis and risque stuff. And it got a little bit too risque. I haven't seen the content, but based on what I heard, you know, the troglodytes were a little horny watching or seeing the content. So you, you brought up the Mattel thing where maybe Mattel was like, you know, we can't make a figure of her if she's going to be doing that and having kids, you know, looking her up online, whatever the case may be. So she's released, but there's been a lot of back and forth about what actually the details are of this, of this whole story, because we've heard she's actually making more money doing this than she was in WWE, which is a problem. First off, especially someone that has been the NXT champion for over 400 days. If I feel like she probably should be getting paid more, but that's another issue. The second issue you have people saying, Oh, they glorified her sexiness. They pushed her because of her sexiness. And as soon as she does something oh. too sexy, they released her. It's just, I am so sick of the online health experts, law experts, HR freaking experts. It's everybody has a say and nobody knows shit. Nobody <laughs> knows anything other than the fact that she was let go. You don't know the details of why she was let go. You don't know what conversations were had when she was let go, what was said, what wasn't said. Everything's one giant rumor based on the fact that she was let go for something that she did. It drives me nuts because you get these people who stand on their soapbox and scream on the top of their lungs just to be seen because it happened in WWE. Oh, well, they didn't let Riddle go. Riddle signed a contract that probably says somewhere in that contract that you have X amount of strikes before you're let go for substance abuse. Mandy Rose probably signed a contract that says something like, if you do this and you knowingly do it, you can be let go from your contract. That's called signing on the dotted line and being an employee, which she was. If she uh, was found uh, 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 hold on. This is part of the go argument. Ahead. She's not an employee. She's an independent contractor. Good if for she her. That, whatever she signed, if it says that she should not be doing this or she can't be doing this for whatever reason, she wholeheartedly knew that. And that's a part of one of these rumors. She supposedly was told, please stop doing this. And she may have made a choice like, look, I'm making too much money. I have to I have to choose this path. And if that's true, good for her. She made a financial decision that makes the most sense for her and her family. Correct. Right. I'm so sick of people in the IWC getting so outraged by things they don't even comprehend. You know that legally, legally, in, in many states, in many other companies, if you violate a, a drug thing or an alcohol thing and you admit you have a problem, 
Some places, they can't legally fire you. Do people understand these things? No, they don't understand it. It's just easier for them to go out and say, oh, well, you know, they were comfortable with this, with Matt Riddle, but look, oh, she's over here and she wore a thong. Shut the fuck up, people. <laughs> I, it's so infuriating to see these people go and lose their mind on Twitter over something like this. At the end of the day, you're a fan. It's fun to support people, and it sucks when things like this happen. But guess what? Life moves on. She's going to post three more nudes or three more freaking bikini pictures, I'm sure, in the span of three days that you can go and download. So what the hell do you care if you see her on that site or on NXT? Nobody cares what you think. <laughs> Nobody cares what you think. I don't care how outraged you are. The same way you're probably going to click on this video or skip over this video because you don't give a shit about the bald guy complaining about Mandy Rose and her situation, how the IWC is a fucking dumpster fire. You don't care about that. I don't care about your fake outrage tweet. And I'm sure she doesn't either. You know why? Because she's making enough fucking money to walk away from the WWE. That's all I got to say about this situation. I am so sick of the IWC and the fucking garbage that gets spewed on it. Have at it. <laughs> well, this might be our last episode. <laughs> I make Go enough on. in my real job. Just like she makes enough at her new real job. You don't want to well, watch us. Don't watch us. I don't care. <laughs> Did I say something outlandish? Twitter sucks. The people on Twitter suck too. They all know it. Fuck them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mandy Rose actually said that she's keeping the content up there. It's still up there. She went on her fans, whatever it's called, fan site or whatever, and said that it's staying up. She's doing more. So. You know, best of luck to her. And she used WWE to build her brand just like WWE used her to exploit her sexiness and try to bring ratings to NXT. It's a win-win situation. I know some people are going to say, oh, they only used her, but she used WWE too, just like Sasha Banks also used WWE to build her brand. And now she's making over $100,000 per appearance to work in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So take that for what it's worth. But Triple H has brought a lot of people back. Dexter Loomis, Dakota Kai, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman. You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, but some of them have worked. Some of them haven't. And according to WrestleVotes, it appears that Triple H and some other higher-ups in WWE feel underwhelmed by some of the returns that have happened in WWE. Then to go into specifics, I could admit some of them have not been great. I think the damage control thing has been completely dumb. 50-50 booking has not helped Dakota Kai or EO Sky any way, shape, or form. Bray Wyatt, all has done is talk. He's been back uh -huh. for two, he's been back for two months, at least have a match by now. But I get what they're trying to do. Build it up, build it up, build it up. Sure. And it look, he's at least in a program with LA Knight. Dexter Loomis, it's been good with the Miz. But he already had the payoff. Why is there a ladder match? He already won the damn money or whatever. The feud is over. It's like trying to get a, a, a sequel out of a movie that didn't need a sequel. Braun Strowman, I think the fans still love him, even though the, the IWC might not, given his opinion on flippity doodah wrestlers and the independent scene. Who else has been brought back? I can't Hit even Row, think. the most controversial of all the, the returns. <laughs> 
Hit Row. Everyone's like, oh, drop Hit Row, drop Hit Row, drop Hit Row. Sarah Logan or Valhalla, you know, uh, ripping Valhalla. off another independent wrestler's gimmick. You have um, Karrion Cross, which had a feud with Drew McIntyre. And what the hell is he doing now? It looks like he's starting something with Rey Mysterio now. There's been ups and downs with all these. And I would definitely say there's definitely some that have been underwhelming, to say the least. In fairness, you're bringing them back and you're the guy that essentially runs the show. So obviously you thought there was some type of potential there. If you can't tap into potential that you think exists within these people, you let yourself down to a certain extent. And that sucks to say that because I I really like Triple H and I want him to be successful in this position. But some of the people that you see him bring back, you know, Emma. Okay, Emma, I don't mind her, but it's like, what for for what? She's doing backstage segments. Well, the right women's now with division, Madcap. the SmackDown women's division needed women. Okay. So oh. bringing back Emma would definitely help, except she's in a love angle with Madcap Moss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's her real boyfriend, correct? Is I it? Believe, I believe they're actually dating. I, Are I, they? I think so. I believe I'm going to so, have yeah. to look that up. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Maybe or I'm not. lying to everybody. I'm still hot and bothered about the uh, IWC. <laughs> you probably saw women. something on Twitter. You're going to have you know. to use a lot of bleeps. So we don't no, I don't get, use bleeps. Uh, That's too much time to edit. Put PG-13 in the corner. But yeah. I digress. Uh, yeah, you know, this whole thing with Triple H and being underwhelmed, again, one of those things, well, where did this story come from? Is it true? Is it total BS? Who the hell knows? All right. Before we close it out, we did get a question from our Ask SCPB. You know, you could ask us on Twitter at, ask, at SCPB Podcast, on Instagram at SCPB Podcast, Facebook, Use the hashtag AskSCPB and also on our YouTube community page. Uh, the question comes from OG1988. He asks, what are your thoughts on the recent positive changes happening in AEW? The hiring of Mike Mansuri, who was a big part of NXT's production and was a former uh, vice president, I believe, in production in WWE. The possible debut of Sasha Banks. Locker room morale seems to be up. And Honor Club coming back. So what are your thoughts on all this? And Tony Khan bringing it around. I, I honestly don't know enough behind about the behind the scenes stuff. You would know more than I do from everything mm -hmm. I've read. This was a great get for AEW. So if this guy's half as good as everybody says he is, kudos to them. That's obviously very good. Uh, what was the next one? Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, possibly coming. That's it's a you rumor. Know, at this point. It's, it's speculation. Yeah, so it's hard speculation. to say. Um, if they get her, obviously that's, that's huge. She's yes. one of the top, women professional wrestlers in the world right now. That's just kind of speculation. I don't know. I don't know anything about morale being any better than it was last week. I haven't seen anything about that. I, I haven't either. I don't know if this is alluding to anything with CM Punk and that whole thing. I don't know. I, I mean, I did see Ricky Starks recently, you know, go to bat for CM Punk in the, I did see that too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be people that are for punk and there's going to be people against punk, just like there's for the elite and against the elite. Yeah. But when you have locker room leaders, it seems like like Moxley and Jericho and Danielson, it seems like it's going in the right direction as far as that. And it seems like there's not many backstage issues like there was with, say, Andrade and Sammy Guevara or the elite and CM Punk anymore. So I guess yeah. that means morale is up. No news is good news, too. right? That That is true. And, you know, they've done good things, too. I mean, look, they just... Recently signed Takeshka. I can't. I can never pronounce it. Takeshka. Takeshka. Um, it's hard. It does not look. It's not pronounced the way it looks like. It's not Takashita. It's Takeshka. Whatever. Same yeah. thing. 
Uh, he's good. He's a star in the making. Let's I, yeah, just put it that. He's very good. He is very good. I like him a lot. The honor club thing. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that to me felt like Tony Khan needed to make a move because Warner was not giving them the TV deal that he was looking for with Ring of Honor or there were any other network partners. So he's like, let me relaunch Honor Club. This is pretty much the same thing Vince McMahon did with the WWE Network because originally Vince McMahon wanted the WWE Network to be a linear network to go on cable systems, but none of the cable systems picked it up. So what did he do? He made it an uh, over-the-top streaming service and ended up being one of the first of its kind and eventually leading to this now, you know, common world where everything's a streaming platform. That was Vince McMahon being innovative. So Tony Khan, I think, is taking a page out of the Vince McMahon playbook. If no one's going to take my product, I'll just put my product online, build the fan base and go, look, here are the people that are willing to pay and we could just migrate them to HBO Max or Paramount Plus or Peacock or whoever ends up taking Ring of Honor and the library because that seems like the way to go. And I think actually, while a lot of people were negative about this, this actually could be a very, very good move for Tony Khan. It's a risky move, just like it was a risky move for Vince McMahon, but it could benefit him if he could show the numbers that people are willing to subscribe to watch Ring of Honor. I don't know if $9.99 is the right price point for it, but we'll see. I think that's a little high for Ring of Honor television, but you are getting the back catalog. And if you're a Ring of Honor fan from you know years ago, you might see value in it. But if you're watching it just for the new weekly television, that's a hard buy for me. And some people are willing to pay for it. And I'd be interested to see what people in the Babel section say. If $9.99 is too high, if it's just the roster's not there yet, I know someone suggested to us they want us to do like a Ring of Honor draft, similar to what we were doing with the All Elite draft a couple of years ago. So maybe we do that. Who knows? Yeah, number one pick, Mandy Rose, the AEW. The Ring of Honor to Ring of to Honor. To Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. The Ring of Honor. But Thanks for listening to this episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. If you liked what you heard and you're listening on either iTunes or Spotify, make sure you give us a five-star review to help spread the word. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. Mm-hmm.